The scripture reading for today comes from James 5:13 to 18. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right. Hello, and good morning to all of you. I have a small bright spot for you. Uh, Yesterday, I was at an all-day meeting where various churches all across Southern California come together and their leaders come together and we care for each other, we do business and we keep churches accountable, so church plants accountable and other churches and campus ministries account uh, accountable and we hear great reports about what God is doing. Uh, I am actually a member of that group. I'm not even a member of the way um, where our membership is like almost a meta church of ministers from all over. But here's the bright spot. Uh, our own Richard Liu uh, of our Bridges Church Plant was examined in various categories. Tr- history, original languages, Bible, theology, uh, and it reflected a ton of work and study and diligence on his part. He did incredibly well in these examinations, and that's going to enable him to go forward get ordained as a pastor at Bridges, and so um, his ordination service will be in November. I don't think we're going to be able to get to invite everyone to that uh, just because of social distancing, uh, but once I do get the details, it would be really great if you can congratulate him and encourage him. He did just a fantastic job, so that's a bright spot. Uh, this morning, we are in our fifth installment of our fall series, and we've entitled it uh, For One Another, and it's about a community that loves each other well, about a community that loves each other well. We get the main big idea, and it comes from John 13, comes from Jesus, and Jesus says this, look, you can look around, and you can tell, you can tell people that follow me, you can tell who the people are following me, because they're going to be the people that love their micro-communities, their their believing communities, their churches, they're going to love each other well in these small communities. So I I think Jesus lays it out very plainly, and he says, you know, you can tell if they're not following perhaps another idea or another ideology, uh, because if they don't love each other well, then there's always going to be hate and fracture. So we're in the middle of it. This week, uh, what we're talking about is this week, we're talking about a caring community is formed as it prays for its members, all right? So as it prays for those in its own community. Uh, If you're following along with the Ed Welch book that we're kind of going through in our neighborhood groups, uh, Ed makes a point to say this, is that it is really not through these dramatic new 
events or insights that a caring community has formed. He said, you know, it's very, very simple. It's really giving our attentions to Christ, to each other, and prayer. And we see a caring community is formed this way. Maybe perhaps in a, a less uh, flashy way than it may seem. So, I want to start in our teaching this morning. A caring community is formed as it prays for its members. And one of the things I like about uh, going through James is that he doesn't let me or he doesn't let anybody else hide behind a smooth-talking theology. He doesn't, he doesn't let us hide behind spiritual-sounding language. Uh, he doesn't let us hide behind mental gymnastics or endless debate about minutia. He, he doesn't. He doesn't do that. It, it occurred to me this past week when I was just looking through James, is that he gives us detailed definition of what we would see or call the fruits of the spirit. Maybe elsewhere, like in Galatians, and James is the guy that unpacks those and defines them, and he defines them through explicit example because I, I could I could even sound noble or kind and even even maybe somewhat spiritual if I said hey look I love everybody man I love everybody and James is the kind of guy who, who gets in there and, and he goes okay time out time out time out great great now you give me examples you give me examples of the love that you have for the people in front of you and not just not just people in general but give me examples i want to unpack it he doesn't let anyone get away with generalities um or i can say this man i i just i love peace i really want peace and james is like okay i want definition um l- let's look at what a peaceable person is uh, what do they do how do they do it what would it look like if peace happened in a person as they were walking through that door uh, he does it with impartiality he goes oh okay impartiality let's take a look at what that looks like um, he, he literally says this is you do not let wealthy people buy their positions in line or in any other community Whoa, James is right on. He gets to it, right? So he doesn't mess around. I love that about James. And it's really no different when James lands on prayer. That's what we're talking about this morning. He, he doesn't let us get away with generalities. Uh, he, he doesn't let us define it at our own leisure, at our own pace, at our own comfort level. Um, he gets hyper-specific really quickly. And, and that actually makes me feel uncomfortable because I know that I'm going to have to change something. And that it may do that to you. So, so James this morning is like, oh, you want to talk about prayer, do you? Oh, good, good, good. Let's let's do the talking about prayer. So, in our section this morning, uh, it's as if James made one of those uh, funny little silly flow charts, and he gives all these options or situations or possibilities, circumstances, and and these little decision trees and, and it's pretty soon you notice that all of his flow chart eventually land on a box that says pray pray okay so uh, he, he opens up um, are you suffering yes no what do I do if yes go to pray 
the box says pray. And then he says, oh, okay, what if I, I said no? And then it asks you another sub-question. Oh, okay, so are you cheerful? And this is interesting, is he doesn't use joyful, so he actually uses the word that needs a temporary good mood, like cheerful, like happy, right? Cheerful. He goes, are you cheerful? Well, if 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 you're going to do that, you're going to praise Right? You're gonna, you're gonna pray through praise. Go to pray. Alright? Are you sick in any way? This is his other little flow chart. Are you sick in any way? Grab some leaders on your way to the box that says pray. Okay? Um, are you caught up in a mess of sin that you just cannot heal by yourself? You can't do it. Well, go get some others. Don't do this alone. Go get some others. Tell them about it and go to, yep, the box that says pray. Okay? All these arrows in James' mind are pointing to pray, pray, pray. Go to the box that says pray. If, if this happens, go to pray, go to pray. And then he puts in Elijah and he says, uh, this guy, and I think this is a curious way that he puts it. He said, you know, this guy was just like us which I don't think of Elijah just like me, but he goes, no, he just had a human nature like us. And, and But he says this, he calls him righteous. And if if, if you remember how we kind of define righteousness, it says, um, he was someone who had been made right with God. He was someone who had been made right with God. And when you are made right with someone, like communication flow is open and it's easy and they're the stream of of talking flows. And that happens because God had made him right. God had made him right. And because God made him right, God was all ears. Uh, and so Elijah is, you know, I, I, I would like a drought to make a point about you and your care for injustice in the world. Drought happens. And, and But he said, I would now like water to make a point about you and your vitality and how you are all of life. And rain happens. Okay. That's great, solid, straightforward teaching from James. And James is very simple. Okay. Um, you want to pray? Then, then do it this way. Whatever your decision tree is, end up at pray. Now, now let me give you some reflections for our community. And it's a specific community, yes, but I, I do think that these reflections will be helpful, um, beyond but it's for a community that's going to love each other well um, by praying with and for each other. With and for each other. So, um, w- the first one. we got to talk about this phrase. Uh, I'll be praying for you. I-, I think the text equivalent is um, praying, period, send. Okay, we got to talk about this phrase. Okay, I, I think this will probably say more about my own heart and my own integrity than it says about you. So don't be offended here. It's going to reveal a lot more about me than it is you. Um, but I'm very cynical of that phrase. I'll be praying for you. I'm very cynical. Uh, maybe it's because I have said that phrase many times and have never prayed for the person. So, like I said, it probably says more about me than it does about you. I, I, I think it's the, the Christian hallmark way of exiting a conversation. Okay. To help me. 
and to help you with integrity here. Because I do think it's helpful to say, I will pray for you if indeed it really happens. Um, I started this about five years ago. And um, if if I said, hey, I'm, I'm going to pray for you, like I would do it right there. I would make a point and say, hey, can I pray about that now? Now, now uh, that's good, and that may be half the practice, but that might weird some of you out, especially if you're in a place where uh, that's not going to be practical, um, or it just weirds you out. So what I've done is if I say, hey, look, I'm going to pray for you, what I've done to give me integrity there uh, is I've begun to write my prayers in an email. So I, I, if I tell someone, look, I prayed for you this morning, well, then I tell them exactly what I prayed for them. Uh, it helps me keep the integrity, and it could be encouragement to someone else. But I do think the first part is keeping the integrity when we say, hey, I'll be praying for you. Okay, um, so we got, we have to talk about that. Uh, secondly, uh, we do have to talk about this. We have to talk about thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. Uh, if if we just start, if we just um, give praying. So if I text someone and I say praying, period, as a general sentiment, I, I do think it's the equivalent of. Um, a th- Thoughts and prayers, like you'll see this on Twitter, is people after an unspeakable tragedy will tweet very quickly, sending my thoughts and prayers. Uh, The world has rightly responded by calling this out. No, 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 no. You don't get to say thoughts and prayers after a mass shooting, right? That that, that kind of glib generality uh, is very impersonal. It shows very little personal knowledge. Um, it shows very little investment and, and, and discernment. Um, and, and careful application, right? Careful application of words. And James tells us in a different place, can heal or can burn the world down. Okay, uh, that's another Jamesism. So, so, so some of you know this. Um, uh, when I have prayed um, with my neighbors who are not into Jesus, and I'm praying for them as they're with me, I've asked permission to pray. Right? Uh, when I pray for them, I have to repeat the cares and the worries that they have expressed. And so that shows what? I was listening to you. I saw I saw you and I saw your heart and my ability to regurgitate them or repeat them shows that I got it. I got it. Um, and that personal aspect, it, it it mirrors what? It mirrors this, is that our audience, our God who's listening to this prayers, is is also that personal. He is a personal God, but more so. So, so if, um, uh, just, just do this. Um, Twitter is right. Um, 
if if it is not filled with personal intimacy, especially with those in close relational proximity to us, then those cheap generalities are what my wife calls ineffectual well wishes. All right, here, here's a better comparison. It, it, it's it's like a handwritten note versus a card that you got at Rite Aid, right? The drugstore card, it is beautiful, and it does have beautiful script writing, script writing that I could never duplicate, and it does have a nice poem against a backdrop of some muted watercolors, and all you have to do, all you have to do with your drugstore card is put comma Tim. That's all you have to do. Um, when I write a handwritten note, it says this. I had to write this. I, I had to do a handwritten note because there was no card that described your unique situation. I had to write it because of you. That, that's what we're doing when we're praying personal prayer. Um, I had to pray this in this way with you because of you. All right. So the third thing we need to talk about, let's talk about a prayer request time at uh, uh, your small group. Prayer request at your small group or neighborhood group. Now, you all know this. Uh, there's, there's a discernible, awkward pall that descends upon your small group when someone says, okay, any prayer requests, people? And you're thinking, okay, do I have something to share? Um, do I have to share? I don't want to share. Uh, what do I say that doesn't go to the raw depth of what I really want prayer for? It doesn't go there, but it's close enough to real struggle so that people know that I'm not superficial, right? So this is what happens at prayer request time in small groups, a lot of them, a lot of superficial ones. So if, if you're in a community and, and, and you're in a relationship that reflects um, greater closeness than distant or impersonal relationship, um, I, uh, prayer requests are valid. So um, self-revealing prayer requests are valid, yes. But they are not the sum of our personal prayers for one another. So it, this is it, is if we've been in a group setting, if we've been paying half attention to their words and their conversations and their joys and their anxieties, then we will reasonably be able to form up prayers based on our careful knowing and observation. So, so prayer begins to be this extension of the relationship that's been developed. Okay? Self-identified prayer requests are a thing in scripture. So if I say, hey, I have a prayer request, I want you to pray for me, that is a real scriptural thing. Um, we do need to share and we, we, we don't need to stop that. But I, I, it, if, if we're not aware of it, it actually can become a big wall that prevents us from caring and knowing about each other. So I want you to try this sometime. You don't have to do it every time, but why don't, why don't you try this sometime in your small group? Is tell everyone in your, in your NG or your small group. Uh, just do this. Say, listen really well to everyone when they open their mouth. So if anyone in your group says the words, right, pay attention. If it's a joke, pay attention. If it's a story, pay attention. If it's casual banter about sports and weather, pay attention. Pay attention. Then at the end of your time, 
um, do this. Say, let's pray for each other based on what we know already. I, I want you to see what will happen. And some of these prayer times are incredibly powerful because what happens over time is that people will begin to apply real attention to each other. That's one. And the second is this, is more than likely um, the prayers that you would never have asked for are prayed in a way that you needed it and you never knew that you needed it. Um, James tell us, tells us that there is something to your healing that you can't provide for yourself and that's why we have others okay so try that sometime now let's talk about uh, saying the word pray as a substitute for real prayer let's talk about saying the word pray as a substitute for real prayer so uh, it, it, I, I could start out like this and I'm sorry Bob is my stand-in generic name. If your name's Bob, I don't mean it personally. Um, but I can say this. I pray for Bob. Great. That's a great start. Go for it. I pray for Bob, Jesus. Great. Yes, that's what you are doing. You are praying. Uh, now what is it that you pray for Bob? Okay? Praying is what you're doing. You're doing that. Now what do you pray for? So it, you, instead of instead of saying I pray for and then the person or I pray for Bob, amen. Wh why don't we say this? I pray, which means ask or petition. I pray that you would draw near to Bob in a way that reveals both your your power and your gentleness. See, praying is what you're doing. Now that's a prayer, okay? So you could say this, um, Dear Lord, we pray for our country. Uh, great, yes. Praying is what you're doing. Now what do you pray for? What do you pray for? Um, okay, try to convert these and say, I pray that your followers in this country would be a balm of reconciliation wherever they go, work, and live. And their interactions are noticeably marked by care and gentleness and truth that is drenched in unearned favor. That's, now you're praying. Now you're praying. Um, last thing I want to talk about. Let's talk about Jesus, okay? Uh, James says this. He says, uh, look... Are you suffering in any way? I want you to pray. When Jesus prayed, he knew for sure his suffering would not be lessened. And he prayed. Um, James says, look, are, are you cheerful? You should, you should totally pray. And Jesus is called a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Um, so Jesus can say, you know, I, I have much less cheeriness when I pray. Um, you might say, Jesus could say this, you know, you might say that um, your cheeriness came through my own grief. 
James says, uh, it, he goes, you know, are you sick? You should get your godly friends together and pray. He, healing is from God. And Jesus can say this, you know, my friends stopped praying for me when I needed them the most because they were tired. And that great sickness, the greatest of all sicknesses, death, um, it was not taken away from me and it was not healed in any way. So, so G- James says this, you, you know, the ones who have been made right, the righteous ones, the ones who have been made right by God, can petition their Father with power. And Jesus can say, well, you know, that happened because the Father and I agreed that He would not listen to me. I, I would, I would, in fact, the ones that who have been made right, I would become not right with my father. And instead of power, I would be the weakest I'd ever been. And I'd still try to cry out to him and talk to him. And he didn't respond. Now, all of that happened by him. Right? Jesus, all of this happened to Jesus so that we could pray. We could be basically ask machines. You know that part where James says this in our passage this morning? He says this, he says, the prayer of faith will save. The prayer of faith will save. Do you know what I liken or... Do you know what I like to almost call what that faith is when we pray? I like to call faith a spiritual swagger. And I'm not talking about external pride. I'm not talking about external arrogance. I'm talking about spiritual swagger. It's, It's this. Where we start out talking to the Father, and we start thinking this. I'm thinking about unleashing my dad on you problem. I'm about to bring the focused attentions of universal power onto my pal's sadness. That's spiritual swagger, what we call faith. My God is good. He is the toughest of all time. And whatever I say to him, it's on his mind and his list. I'm about to bring my God up in here. That, that is spiritual swagger, what we call faith. And guess what? And, and we think this, like when I bring something to him, guess what? It's not my problem anymore. It's his. That's faith. That's, that's prayer with faith. And, and it saves. Because again, it points back to the God who's doing the saving. Um, who gave us that titanium VIP card of awesome, that ability to pray with spiritual swagger? Jesus and only Jesus. Right? We didn't earn that right with any points. Jesus gave us that kind of access. And so let's use it. Let's overuse it. Let's use it again and again and again. A caring community 
is formed as it prays for its members. So, in light of that, would you, would you do something with me right now? Would you follow along, join your hearts, and let's, let's pray to Him like there's not a limit with that spiritual swagger of faith. Now, for those of you who, who are familiar with the Lord's Prayer, the structure of my prayer is going to sound a lot like that. So, let's pray. Our Father, um, who is in your heaven, your name alone is special. Your administration should come here. And what you should, what you want done should happen here. Like it happens in your throne room, closest to you. Give us every single thing we need, every single day. Forgive us over and over and over again. And then allow us to forgive others over and over and over again. This is your kingdom and we pray it, we pray this in your power. Uh, every piece of good attention and credit and glory is all yours. All the time. And we pray this in your name. Amen.